Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Tiffany Hoyd, and you're listening to Hogs Havens Riled Up. We're bringing you the hottest red skin topics with a twist. We have so much to discuss today, as usual. In the Redskins world, there's a lot going on. In the football world, there's even more going on. But all this is happening in the middle of a pandemic. I hope y'all are washing your hands and staying extra safe out there because it's, it's different. It's real different. But uh, here to discuss what's what in the Redskins world is the man who brought me to the game and the CEO of the national recruiting company, PlayingForEnvelopes.com, Greg Hoyd. What's up, Pops? What's going on, Tiff? How you doing? I'm just, it's awesome. It's awesome to be here, see what you're doing. I'm loving it. All right. All right. So I know we've been quarantined, and I wanted to have you on the show because we were discussing a pattern with um, how a lot of the teams that are winning in the league today are run. And the pattern we found is – that most of these teams, they have, would you say, like 23, 24 players on their on their roster that are not from Power 5 schools. They're from those, like, lesser schools. I'm not going to say lesser. Those are still great institutions. But they're not your Oregons or your Alabamas. And the teams who do not meet that 23, 24 player requirement, like the Redskins, they find themselves at the bottom of the league. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's staggering to see the uh, the numbers um, of Kansas City or the 49ers, those teams that have went out and, and done their homework. And when they went out and scouted the uh, non-Power 5 schools to, uh, you know, see what talent's out there. I mean, traditionally, you go back to some of the, you know, the typical Ohio State, so those conferences like the Big 12, the Big 10, and the SEC, and guys pretty much know they can get the staple they can get the 12 man, 12 guys out of those conferences, but the teams that are really doing it, the teams that are really kind of putting the work in now are those teams that are going and they're combing the bushes for those non-Power 5 um, schools to bring in kids that are up under one or two contract or free agents, and these kids are balling out of control. And then some of these kids were just overlooked from the Power 5s, and they, and, and they went to uh, schools that, that, are not, that were non-Power 5s, and they and they uh, grew. They developed because it, those programs were set up to develop players. And so some of the other schools at the Power Five, they don't have too much time to uh, to develop because those coaches have to win. But some of the non-Power Five schools, the kids go there and they're having a great opportunity. And these scouts of these major programs, like the 49ers or like the Rams, these guys are going out shaking the bushes and coming up with studs. Right, right. And how many players did the Redskins have not from those Power 5 schools? Um, when, I, when I looked at the Redskins, I think um, when I saw them, I think they were like in the, in the, in the high teens. 
the high teens where most teams are having like 23, 24. We found that range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how those players are, those schools are more catered towards development of players. Mm-hmm. Whereas like adversely to that point into this theory that we've come up with, Alabama, they've been known to, you have you know, on the offensive line five people sitting behind each other, and each one of them is a first-round draft pick, and they play like it as well when they come out. What do you think, like that? What What do you think that adds to the theory in this? Well, I think I think it's like just like a baseball a baseball pitcher pitch count. I mean, some of these guys coming from Alabama, they don't have a high pitch count on because they've been developing, sitting behind all Americans, and then it was their turn. They have a lot of you know a lot more time left to play and when they play they are hungry and so the same thing you're seeing maybe even at the non-power five school some of these kids are waiting their turn they're developing they don't have a high pitch count on them they don't have a lot of reps on them and they're coming in and they are exploding on the scene and we've seen it all over the country just look at kansas city um i think their numbers were in the high 20s as far as non-power five school guys that were on their roster right right and for the redskins we're at a we're at an interesting Interesting situation here because we don't have a GM. Basically, Dan Snyder and Ron Rivera have, have partnered to be our GM, and we haven't really been able to pick up premier guys. So what is going to be the importance of – what would you say the importance of us truly looking at and evaluating recruiting scouting? Mm-hmm. Scouting, really. Yeah those non-Power 5 schools in this draft because we only have one first-round pick as of right now. Hopefully some trades can happen. Um, And even then, I don't know if we'll get a first-round pick. Um, One third-round pick, two in the fourth, one in the fifth, and two in the seventh. So it's going to be very important for us to identify guys who are not at your Alabama, even though we have, like, we probably have most of Alabama's first-round draft picks. (laughs) <laughs> on our roster. Yeah. Yeah, you got some good ones from Alabama. Some real good ones. But, you know, again, you know, just looking at just looking at the roster, the current roster, what you guys have, what the Redskins have right now, you have a tremendous amount of players coming out of ACC, tremendous amount of players coming out of the SEC. Um, but, again, in the scouting, I think, well, just building the program, just, you know, football in general, especially in the conference that you guys are in, you're going to have to get up. You have to get big and aggressive up front. I mean, you're going against the New York Giants. They got a pretty good running back there. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, they got a pretty good running back there. Um, and so, you know, you know you're going to face those guys twice a year. You need to be able to have some up front guys to be able to control the line of scrimmage. So then that's going to allow you on the back end to go more get developmental players to kind of develop. Or from a non-power five, a guy that's kind of played with his hair on fire and done some good things to be um, – able to catch up to the NFL speed because we know the NFL speed is just different. Um, so that's some of the things I see which you need to probably attack right away. I know that you guys have some opportunities to get uh, the kid out of Ohio State. Um, they're looking at him in the first round, uh, which would be a compliment to the other Alabama guys that's on that front line, which will allow you to kind of be a little bit more selective in scouting and bringing in some maybe some free agent guys, some guys from some non-Power 5 schools to um, hold up. Um, and now looking at the offensive line, I know the same thing. You know, you need to be able to have some guys. Um, you know, I've seen, you know, most of, the, most of the league have gotten pretty good guys that, you know, out of the old line that have done a good job from those power five schools, especially coming from, you know, the Georgias or, or the South Carolinas or Alabamas. And then you kind of build around that. Um, and then also you got to understand, too, what, what, God, what, what programs are doing also now is that I'm looking at even at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs roster 
and they have a lot of guys that learn how to play in the snow, in the cold weather. I mean, Kansas City's playing at least eight to ten games in that cold weather. <laughs> so they've done a great job by going out and scouting guys in those cold weather areas. You look at even um, with the uh, San Francisco 49ers, they've done a lot of, lot of recruiting in the Pac-12 because of the type of weather. Most of their games are played there, so those kids do pretty well in that atmosphere. I know their roster has a, probably, I think, one of the highest Pac-12 um, rosters, and but those kids do really well you know, playing those games on that turf. And so you've seen it. You've seen those guys fly around and move them. They do a lot of things well. And it's just kind of being close to home, too. Give everybody a better feeling. That's why I think even if the guy from Ohio State comes home, I know he's from the D, I know he's from that uh, DMV area, um, he's going to play well. Um, and definitely have some opportunities to play with some other guys on the line. It's going to do pretty well. Just to that point, too, you were talking about, we were talking earlier about it all comes down to scouting. Yep. It comes down to really, will a kid play for me? In cold weather. And D.C. might not be the coldest place, you know, Virginia, really, because that's where they'll play and then they, uh, well, that's where they'll practice and then they play in Maryland. DMV. It still comes down to what kid is truly going to be the best fit here. And I honestly, I've had my reservations with this number two pick coming up in this draft because I don't think that anyone is going to want to make the sound decision, meaning... I think that the sound decision would be to get offensive linemen just because we're so beat up right there that it's like, hey, Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're going to risk it, we might as well get somebody solid there that we know is going to hold up for us for a couple years and then we can build, pick up some, some lesser pieces around him. Then we're able to, you know, develop something else. But the more popular pick that we were discussing, that you were discussing, is C.D. Lamb over uh, Judy. And Judy's an Alabama guy. The Redskins, I know it's a previous regime with Bruce Allen and such, but they've been known to like Alabama guys. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, C.D. Lamb is pretty dynamic, and I know once he steps on the field, the field's going to pretty much tilt. You're going to actually you can pretty much hold a – you know, hold a hold a, a cup of beer on the field, and you'll see it tilting. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you right now that guy is pretty dynamic, and he's like instant offense. He's gonna take a lot of pressure, I think, off of your uh, your quarterback as he continues to develop, because he's gonna be a guy that can run through zones, take top off of defenses, and things of that nature. So um, he'll be pretty exciting. And you know what? He'll sell tickets because I think that he can, he could just he's just that guy. He's just pretty dynamic like that. I mean, defense is fun. People love to come come see defense, but I mean, you're gonna sell tickets by getting guys like a CD Lamb to come into a program. Pretty be pretty dynamic. He's pretty charismatic, <laughs> um, and you know, just all, all in all, he's just gonna help the offense. Um, it takes the pressure off of, off of the, uh, the running backs also. Um, you know, you guys got a pretty good stable of running backs, but uh, that number two pick with, with a receiver, it's not bad. It's not a bad, it's not a bad pick. Um, O-line, yes, you got to get better at the O-line. I know you guys are still in, in some, um, some communications and talking about a couple guys. <laughs> you, you know, you got to develop. I think you got to develop. Uh, you got to develop some O-linemen. I think there's some guys out there still in free agency you can come in and, and fill some holes and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, if you want to be dynamic, if you want to put another, you put some more shine on the Redskins, I think, you know, an offensive pick, CeeDee Lamb, would be a no-brainer. There's also a really good kid out of Clemson. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I know he may not be a, you know, he may not be an early pick, but he's been very, very productive. Um, he's been a guy that, I mean, I've just watched, watched him just 
you know, just ball out. But again, he may be a guy you have to pick up in third round if he's available. <laughs> but if he's not available, if he is available, I'd say go get him. But uh, if he's not available, um, then you, I would say the first pick definitely see the Atlanta be a no-brainer um, for the Redskins. Right. And Judy, what people don't realize about him is I would liken him to a Terry McLaurin or a, um, a Sims because of the fact that he's not necessarily your biggest wide receiver. And if you already have those smaller guys, this is the NFL still. You got to go for somebody that's bigger. And CD fills that void of being a bigger target, especially when, to to my next point, my next point is when we don't really have a tight end. Right, yeah. You need a big guy. Yeah, it's going to be important. And uh, we signed the Logan Thomas guy. The tight end from the Lions. Okay. Right. And Chris Cooley has some things to say about him. He was basically like, uh, that's not a starter. Wow. Yeah. From Chris Cooley himself. Yeah. Okay. Chris Cooley, he's uh, definitely uh, made his opinion known. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, I mean, the tight end. I mean, you look at some of the teams around the country that, that have a pretty dynamic tight end, um, like, a, like a Kelsey or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, he – I mean, even the, you know, even the the guy that uh, left the Dallas Cowboys was a pretty good guy, and he went to the Raiders, you know. Um, so, but you got to get a guy that's going to be able to run through the cover two, going to be able to make guys get out of cover two because you got a good tight end that can run down the seam, and allow your quarterback to play action pass, do things of that nature, or some guys that could be a safety blanket for that quarterback. Um, big targets. Uh, big targets are, you know, big targets that can catch the ball. Oh, man, that's incredible. Um, yeah, it's good to have, you know, a guy like Judy that can be pretty dynamic and return kicks and some other things like that. But, again, it's nothing like having a big safety blanket. You look at the uh, the other programs like the Patriots, they've always had a guy like that. You know, it's done pretty well. Um, you, you look at college, you know, colleges like Stanford and those guys that have taken the tight end position and, and made it, you know, you know, take some stress off the offense, um, does some good things, use the tight end. I mean, it's always been good. I mean, yeah, everyone wants to go to the, you know, the wide open. But, again, a DB coming from 14, 15 yards back and trying to tackle a guy that's 6'4", 6'5", running a 4'5", four, 6", it's pretty, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty much the business decision that those guys have to make. Right. Uh, right. And I was just going to make a point where the Kansas City Chiefs, they had undersized wide receivers. But the thing is, they also had the tight end. Travis Kels, who Patrick Mahomes was hitting every every second pass. So he was that big target for them. Um, seeing as we don't really have that big target, we might. I mean, it's a fancy pick. Right. It's a fancy pick. Number two is big. Right. And it, that is a fancy selection, C.D. Mm-hmm. Lamb. Right. Uh, if you're not going to get Chase Young, which I'm. I'm not I'm sold on him being a monster. Okay. Right? I'm sold on him coming into the league and being that guy. Mm-hmm. But you see so many teams take that guy and it's never for the betterment of the entirety of the program, the entirety of the team. Yeah. They take that guy and then they end up missing on different pieces that will put them in a position to win. Right. Right. So you, you can be like the, you can be like the Jaguars and get him for three years Mm -hmm. and then he's gone. Or you can try and make a more sound decision because you're not trying to be the Jaguars with a history of losing. You're not trying. We talked about this in previous episodes. You're not trying to be the Browns. Okay. You're not trying to get into that history of losing. Right. 
Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's tough because again, you know, you have a lot of things that go into uh, scouting. You know, a lot, you know, especially with salary caps, things of that nature. So there's gonna be some things you got to kind of consider in building the program. But one thing you cannot replicate, you cannot replicate talent. Um, if they got it, they got it. You know, if they've done it, they've done it. If your resume speaks for itself, it speaks for itself. Um, you see a lot of guys uh, that uh, are have potential, <laughs> and, and potential can definitely get you fired in this position. You <laughs> got to kind of go off with guys who kind of got street cred. Um, and I looked at it, you know, I look at these guys. I mean, see Lamb is he's pretty. He's put up just staggering numbers. If you look, if you look at a guy like that, a guy like Chase has put up, you know, pretty good numbers. Um, but also, you look at the guy from Clemson. Um, I, I, I mean, I just think that, you know, he's big. <laughs> he's a guy that can run through, you know, run through zones, do a lot of things, take a lot of pressure off of, uh, you know, off the running backs. And, and he definitely going to create some matchup problems for a lot of guys. Now, he may be, a, he may not be a first round guy, but again, you guys will have a pick into the third round. So hopefully he's available then, but maybe you can do some things with that first pick and say, okay, listen, we, we can maybe, you know, shuffle that first pick for maybe later, you know, later round in the first round. Get some later picks in that first round. You can definitely look at some some options there. Just as a business, see what the sal- you know, see what the salary cap is. Maybe you can shuffle out some of those some of that you know some of those other picks into getting you know a higher pick and kind of go from there. I know we still got the uh, the, uh, the offensive lineman in the, in the locker room. You guys are still trying to make some deals with him, right? Right. And it's still we still have some time too, right? Williams. Yeah, yeah. we have we have some time yeah. to, especially since we got uh, Brandon Sheriff back, like. For us, if we able to sign him, despite all the all the um, the history, but the thing is, with bad history, there's still great history there, which is why I'm holding out the candle for him. Yeah. Um, but it's talking about him, talking about CD, and I know you know how I feel, offensive linemen. Woo. <laughs> yeah. We need we need offensive we linemen, need offensive right? Linemen. And that's why I'm even leaning towards. Picking one for that second pick. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that could be done. But I'm also someone that's always holding the candle up for the superstar. Okay. And the superstar normally comes in free agency. They don't always pop up in the draft. We've seen that go wrong. Okay. Alrighty. I have to ask a question because I've asked myself this question. Right. A man became available by the name of Cameron Newton. Here we go. Here we go. And the same way I asked about Antonio Brown to the last show, and I'll continue to ask about Antonio Brown because everyone has to ask about him. Because anyone who picks him up, it, it, it could go completely wrong like it did the last couple times. Mm-hmm. We can go right. Yeah. Cameron Newton. Wow. Cam Newton. The man. Right? right. He would definitely be a fashion statement in D.C. Uh, he would. He would. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, Cam walk. You know, Cam will walk in with his, you know, with his fit, and it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Cam is just a dude. SEC, he's been super productive. Guys, just always, you know, always been a winner. Um, put some good pieces around him. I think from a standpoint of like uh, what he brings to the table, the energy he brings. Um, the leadership he brings, he brings some some uh, some moral things to the you know keeping some things kind of balanced. Um, I know he's a guy that's a little bit spiritual also too, so there's going to be some opportunities for some for the program to you know get a good guy in the locker room that's going to you know, bring some good things to the locker room. I know he does a lot of things for the inner city kids, so just him coming to the DMV 
it would just be bananas with so many kids, but it's uh, all different programs and foundations that he does. That, those things are going to be awesome. But again, here's another guy from a power five school, uh, and he's and he's and he's done well. And he's won. Right. He's done well. He's won. He almost got his. He almost got his ship. He almost got it. Right. Yes, he did. He has a history of Ron Rivera. The only thing about Cam, even though like I'm like a superstar, always hold the candle out for superstar, right? I don't think anyone. You're a hater if you don't want it, right? Dwayne Haskins, I think we have to give him some more time, just because of the fact that one, he was thrown to the fire. Two. We know the situation. We know we know how the head co- Gruden didn't want him. We know all that. Right. What do you think about Dwayne Haskins? Well, I mean, I think anybody that goes to a fight with his hands tied behind his back is going to be hard. <laughs> I don't care if you if you're a you know a ten year pro or you're a first year you know your first year varsity guy you know in high school. If you don't have no tools around you, it's going to be hard. Um, you know, you can make shift as much as you can. There's there was a high turnover. Uh, when in this offensive line, you know, he just you know, there's, probably, there's a lot of things flowing. You know, the NFL is those guys are pretty different there, and so if you don't have any tools um, to help you, I mean, you don't care how big of an arm you got or how fast you are, um, you know, it's only so much you can do. Right, right. And Alex Smith, <laughs> Alex Smith is someone who had a gruesome injury. Yes. Right. Yes. And. We knew he was going to sit out last year. Right. We sh- we're we pretty sure he's sitting out this year. Okay. It's a lot of cap space on Alex Smith right now. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Alex Smith and his cap space? I mean, you know, Alex Smith is a guy that, again, he's a good guy in the locker room. He's a clean brand. Um, he had a horrific injury. You don't know if he's going to come back 110%. Or he's gonna come back 95%. All you know is that right now, he's good for the market. If you were to shop him, you can get a good return off of him. If you want to move on with the program, um, however, again, he's a good backup. He's probably gonna be a great, you know, past his career. He's gonna be a great guy, probably offensive coordinator or something like that. And and you know, once he finishes up playing, um, he's a. I know he's a. He has a West Coast background, um, so. You know, maybe you can shop him to the West for some other things, you know, for some backup spots. But I think Alex Smith, he, I mean, we just don't know. And right now, I think with the, with the, you know, with the program and the way it's going, or with the, you know, with the, with the, you know, you gotta make sure you get, you can't miss. But then you don't want, you don't want to, you want to shop the business part of it. You want to be able to get the best return on your investment right now. If right. he's a hot name, you might be able to trade him, get some other things going. Now, I don't know where his, I don't know where his contract is, you know. But, oh, he's got he's got some time left on that contract. Mm-hmm. He took in twenty one million last year. Okay. Um, Alex Smith, I'm gonna. It's a hot take, right? It's a hot take. I'm gonna give you. After what happened to Trent Williams, I started thinking about the Alex Smith injury. Okay. And with the, I think it was Matt. At one point, it was twenty two people, twenty people on the injured reserve list. Like guys, mm-hmm. any guys, mm-hmm. twenty some odd people on the injured reserve list for the Redskins. Okay. I think Alex Smith, based off of that history, it just comes down to 
are players going to trust you with their bodies? And if you don't honor that contract, if you don't let him have his roses and carry it on, if you don't fight for Trent Williams and try and give Trent Williams what he needs and wants, it's, that's, that's ugly. That can get ugly. It, it is ugly, but this is a business. I mean, it's a business, but it's also their business is their bodies. Yeah. yeah and yeah. if they can't trust their bodies with you, they're going to go somewhere else. Right. I, I heard, I heard they can't trust their bodies, but again, if they're willing to bet on their bodies, are they willing to bet on their contracts? If they're willing to say, I'm going to come back 110%, and if I don't come back 110%, I'm going to give them some money on my contract. Are they going to do that? Never. <laughs> so, Never. <laughs> so Never. I mean, I hear you when you say that. I mean, but these, you know, but you know, there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, you see, you know, you see a new guy popping out of college tomorrow, you know, with the same measurables, the, oh, same, yeah. the same potential. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys on draft day going to have just as much of potential as, as a Alex Smith. Maybe right. not have the resume, right. but they have just as much potential. All right. But PR is a real thing. Okay. PR is a real thing. Okay. If you don't, if you don't have the right publicity, it's gonna be real tough out here in 2020 for you. Look, coronavirus has us in the house. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you have the wrong publicity, mm-hmm. it's gonna. You have the right publicity, you have people in the house for a month and a half. <laughs> but Jeez. yeah, this is being honest. Just off a tweet, right? This is off a tweet. This is off a tweet. <laughs> Stay in the house. You're in the house. So that's a good tweet, huh? Stay in the house. <laughs> Stay in the house. Right. Can't wait for them to let me back outside. <laughs> but but it's just a fact of the matter. We have issues with the name. Okay. That's been a long battle. Right. Then we have issues with, um, it with, even within the DMV. Okay. People are like, is this DC's team? Or is this Virginia's team? Or is this Maryland's team? And that's optics. That's your home team optics. Mm-hmm. And does this team really support us as DC and the DMV? That's optics too. Right. And then you have to worry about your players. Like, do you respect us? That's all optics. Yeah. And I know Dan Snyder, he's a businessman. I know he's looking at that. Right. And I think that is why nothing has happened with Alex Smith. Okay. Well that might be that might be the case, but I can also tell you if the if the Redskins were in the um championship game. Those conversations wouldn't even be wouldn't had. even be happening. <laughs> no one will be talking about but the logo. What have you done for me lately? No one will be talking about <laughs> DMV, Maryland, Virginia. You know what? Sales would be up. Sales would be. Look. <laughs> I mean, you know, paraphernalia would be going crazy. Funny how winning works. Yeah, winning takes care of a lot of that winning stuff. Winning takes care of and that's publicity. That's yeah. the biggest publicity you could get. Hey, listen, you know, that that could be good news or it could be. Uh, Better news. Right, right. Speaking of a little publicity, side note, DeAndre Hopkins, mm. Bill O'Brien, basically was like mentioned. I'm not going to say he likened because it was, it's just, this is fifth hand down the third hand of Michael Irvin being told by DeAndre Hopkins that, you know, he mentioned like the last time he had to have a conversation like this was with Aaron Hernandez. Mm. And, oh, I don't like something to the terms of you have your baby mamas out out and about. Ended up with DeAndre Hopkins being traded to the Cardinals for, like, people not even worthy of a DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins-esque trade. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was uh, 
when we when I actually heard, when I heard that actual podcast, uh, I was like, whoa, that that's a that's pretty hard. That's pretty tall cotton to say stuff like that and to uh, you know again, this is all you know secondhand information. We heard someone say that say that, so I wasn't in the room or anything like that. But right, Michael Irvin but, heard but, it. Yeah, but. Mike, you know, Michael Irvin did hear it. He said that he said that. If that's the, if that's the case, then you know we got to have a come to Jesus meeting. Uh, on some conversations on the do's and don'ts, what what to say, what's what to, acceptable, yeah, yeah. And I think that 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 really was telling of like, well, one, if that was honestly, that should be front page of everything right now. And we've seen it; sports people have seen it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Bill O'Brien has to thank the coronavirus for that not being the front page. Oh yeah. In all honesty, like yeah. if it wasn't a coronavirus and it was a slow news day. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be number one. Yeah. So that's a, that's that should be a hot topic. Because yeah. if he did say that, and people are like talking about Deshaun Watson getting on Twitter and basically like I don't know subtweeting the Texans, mm-hmm. and are they gonna have to part with Deshaun Watson their meal ticket? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a conversation. That's tough because that market is uh that market that Houston market is tough. They had a lot of fans for uh, that receiver. <laughs> he had a lot Huge. of fans. And so um, he did a lot of good things in the community. Uh, so, again, you know, like you said, the coronavirus did some PR, um, <laughs> some PR <laughs> kind of patchwork to right. cover that. And I don't know, you know, again, I don't know what, what was said in that room. Um, you know, I, I'm always, I'm a guy that always like the glass half full. You know, we don't know. Something was said. Uh, something got something got out of hand. Um and, and maybe there was some, some back and forth between both of them. And, you know, sometimes when you, when in the heat of the moment, you might say some things that you might regret. And so, but the, the, the end result is that, you know, the man made a business decision to move on and they moved on from him. Uh, the company agreed with it. Uh, the company didn't fight back either. You know, the company said, okay, yeah, we're moving forward. And they, tra- and they uh, dealt him. And like I said, they dealt him with, I, I I don't know what the players they dealt they gave they gave back for him that he got back for him but hey you know there there was a it was definitely not worthy <laughs> of a conversation about DeAndre Hopkins but I think he wanted out so I would want out too don't ever liken me to a guy who's you know been in situations like Aaron Hernandez mm-hmm. um, when I he's like I've never been in any trouble. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, so th- that happened. Right. Uh, but <laughs> back to the Redskins in this uh, 4-3 defense. Okay. Uh, Jack Del Rio. I can't stress this enough. I always say this. With Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio being off, being not only like executives, but being coaches, head coaches, I think that they're poised for this right here. Because okay. of the fact that, like we said, we were talking about it, that there's not a lot of leadership. There's not a lot of veterans. Mm-hmm. Those are your veterans. And Ron Rivera, he can help put those pieces together on the offensive side while Jack Del Rio puts the pieces together on the defensive side. And because Ron Rivera is a guy who's been in the front office, he can make it all come together. Okay. Okay. And he's had more success than uh, Jack Del Rio, so he can coach him up in ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they've had both had their success as players. You know, and then as coaches, so I hear you. I hear you on that. But the locker room is going to be a little different, though, Tiffany, because uh, the locker room is going to be some guys that uh, 
going to say some things that's going to be a little different from what the what the uh, coaches and the administrative portion of the, of the facility is going to talk about. So I, see, I hear what you're saying, though. Those guys are going to bring a, a wealth of um, knowledge because they're generations, because they know football. But, again, you still need some guys in that locker room that's going to, uh, you know, bring some stability, you know, uh, especially in the times that we have here. I mean, we got a new season coming up, coming off fresh off of coronavirus. There's a lot of, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, conversations about, you know, the season and if we're going to have the season, we're going to move the season up. Is it going to be a short season? Is it going to be a full season? So you still need some guys to help some of these young guys come out, come out of the locker room and deal with all this because they're still dealing with their families. They're dealing with all different kinds of things, moving and everything like that. And so you need some guys to kind of have that conversation. Um, I know that coach, the coaches are going to do a great job of that. Um, they've, they have history of that. We talked about that, having a resume of that. Um, but you also need some veterans in that, in that room also. Some of these young guys. All right, you're right. We need some veterans. I'm 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 standing in there and I I'm believing that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio can kind of bridge the gap as the veteran. Yeah. Uh, I think with like guys like AP, right. they'll help offensively. Um, and then you know we have some we have some guys on the defensive side of the ball that have been there and they they can they can stand in the gap a little. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Riled Up. We don't want to keep you much longer. We're at the 35-minute mark. Whoa, that's fast. Oh, that fast, that fast. As always, it was truly a pleasure to be able to speak with you. And thank you to the subscribers and listeners. Uh, You can find us on the Apple Podcast app and and some other sources, but you can always find us here at the Hub, Hogs Haven, under the Sections Podcast. Again, we're riled up to bring you the hottest red skin topics with a twist. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at TTALegend. That's T-T-A-L-E-G-E-N-D. And on Twitter at Tiffany Hoyd. T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-H-O-Y-D. And you're on Instagram at PlayingForEnvelopes.com. Well, um, at PlayingForEnvelopes. That's P L A Y I N G. F-O-R-E-N-E-V-E-L-O-P-E-S. And at Plan for Envelope, same spelling on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and remember to stay riled up.